Lost Talk Radio. The heart is a blue. Shoots up to the sea and in the room. This space where in this town out of love. gentlemen, welcome to yet another episode of the Good Life Radio Podcast. Clear, cool night here in the greatest city in the world, the 13th day of August, 2014. The phone number, as always, 607-203-5330. Before I get to tonight's guest, who I'm beyond excited to speak to, and the main rule of radio is don't be excited when you speak to a guest, but growing up, he was my hands-down favorite basketball player. He's the reason I won number 13. But before I get to him, I just want to tell you one cool show news. Last week, I interviewed uh, Sean McDonald, the author and the sports traveler, about his book, The Ultimate Football Journey, 2014, on my podcast. I asked him, like, random question at the end of the show, that who were the rowdiest, drunkest, most obnoxious fans? He shocked everyone by saying that it wasn't the Jeff fans, but the Buffalo Bill fans. Long story short, that eight-second clip went viral in Buffalo. They've played over and over on all the Buffalo sports stations, and he's been interviewing all over, so I don't know if I have new listeners, but I have a ton of new subscribers. Okay, on to today's guest. He really doesn't need much of an introduction. Played basketball, especially in New York City, you know who he is. He was the 1994 High School Player of the Year in USA Today, Parade, Magazine, the McDonald's All-American Game, Gatorade, every other, uh, every other possible publication in the United States he was listed as best recruit. He graced the cover of Sports Illustrated before playing one collegiate game. In my opinion, he's the greatest basketball player I've ever seen play live. So without further ado, the great Felipe Lopez. Felipe, thank you so much, man, for joining my show. What's up, brother? Hey, man, thank you for having me on your show, man. That was pretty quite a uh, nice intro you gave me there, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> Felipe, I'm going to tell you one quick story, then I want to start the interview. You're the reason I'm not in the NBA. I'm going to tell you a quick story. I was maybe 11 or 12 years old, and my little jump shot was killing all the Staten Island kids. I was dominating Staten Island basketball. I'm 11 years old. I was probably in sixth or seventh grade, and I believe you were, I think you were a junior at the time. And my mom mm-hmm. takes a buddy of mine to the ferry. We take the Staten Island ferry uptown. We go to watch one of your games because the great Felipe Lopez is playing. And I, I tell myself, all right, in two years, this is my competition. And I think you dropped like 35 points. 14 rebounds, you were dunking at everybody. I went home, and you shattered my NBA dreams that day. I knew if I was not team, I was not making the NBA fleet day. So I just want to thank you for letting me not make the NBA. So you're the reason I'm not in it, just so you know. Oh, man, I'm sorry for that, man. I really didn't mean that. I, if anything, I wish I could have inspired you to, like, you know, just drop 40 on other people. <laughs> Felipe, I'll be honest, I'm truly, and I mean this, I'm honored to interview you. Okay, you're born in the Dominican Republic, and at the yes. age of 14, you come to, to New York. How did you get into yes. basketball? How did you, you get started into basketball? Well, it's a uh, long story short. I had two brothers and a sister, and then uh, I pretty much just became the ball boy for them. Every time they went to play, they older than I, I would just have to be the one rebound for them because I wasn't allowed to play, you know, with, with the competitor. You know, they were just too big, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, I got introduced to the game by just just rebound for my brothers and my sister and passing back to them. Um, uh, I was able to, uh, you know, grow that love for myself and kind of waited patiently until, you know, some of the older guys will, you know, finish playing, which will actually be like 10 o'clock at night. And that was the only time that I was able to come into the gym and, and get some extra shots for myself. And, uh you know, that was my little intro to the game. So I, I, I became a bull boy to a water boy to, 
mopping the floor to, you know, making it to the NBA. Uh, you know, a lot of people really felt that I, I, I came to this country because of basketball, but that, that wasn't it. You know, the family moved here uh, because we were just looking for a better opportunity uh, for all of us as, as a family. And it just so happened that basketball was my introduction to the whole system and making new friends. And, you know, since I was already playing basketball in Dominican Republic and, uh, I was not as good, but I loved the game. Uh, I, I really felt like my, my game really developed here because the system allowed me to develop my game a, a lot quicker uh, than than the Dominican Republic. Now, Felipe, you went to Rice, which has a long lineage of basketball legends. Uh, Lou Alcindor, Kenny Anderson, who's been on the show a couple of times. Did you start playing right away? I know you just said you were the ball boy. Did you go right into Rice's system and you started playing basketball right away? No, I actually, no, I, I was, uh, I, I was just playing in the playground, um, and and I was just the competition was incredible uh, at the time that I moved in here, 1989. Uh, the basketball was a great fever uh, among you know uh, uh, the New Yorkers, and I, I would just go out. And that was my pretty much my entertainer, just to go out to the park and play. And uh, so when I spoke to uh, my brother Anthony Lopez about, listen, you you should actually bring your brother and play at a at a club that is not far from where you guys live. And uh, you know the club that they were speaking about was uh, Gauchos. Um, mm-hmm. I went to Gauchos and I wasn't able to speak the language, but I knew how to understand the game. Just put the basketball in my hand and I was ready to go. And uh, uh, I, I got my first tryout uh, with Coach uh, Dave Jones there. Um, he knew that I wasn't able to speak the language, but he he knew that I had a I had a, a knack for the game. I was able to, you know, the the way that I was able to kind of follow things up was just watching who was in front of me and then just copy, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of making my own, you know, signature kind of move. And uh, for the first day I went there, they picked me up. They they put me to play on the 14 and under team. Uh, I started playing city-wide, city tournaments, uh, all these tournaments. Uh, uh, the competition was, you know, one of the greatest. You know, we played Riverside pretty much, uh, you know, everywhere we went. We was just in the championship with Riverside of the Long Island, Long Island Panthers. Uh, mm-hmm. And from there, they just kind of just kind of blew up like wildfire. Um, I got that opportunity at, at a very young age to play with the seniors and gauchos, and that gave me a, a, a confident booster that, I mean, you, I played with the with all Division One players, you know, players that went to Kentucky, Andrew Riddick went to Kentucky, Orlando mm-hmm. Antigua went to Pittsburgh, Jerry McCullough went to Pittsburgh, Damian Santiago went to Rutgers. Uh, you know, everyone was a Division One player, and I was, I was in the middle of it. Um, that gave me a confident booster that even before I went to high school, I was already – you know, testing myself with uh, high school seniors. Now, Felipe, when did Felipe Mania really start? Um, we all know about your accolades, being the top recruit, cover of Sports Illustrated, mm-hmm. but when did you know that you were special, that Felipe Mania where people would line up for hours outside the gym, ask for autographs? When did Felipe Mania really take over? Well, you know, a lot of people have to understand that everything takes a, a, a pretty toll on people as far as, like, your work ethic, you know. I, I was a gym rat. I was I was mm-hmm. the one that really just wanted to put myself playing against the bigger guys. Uh, I wanted to see how well I, be, I would play against some of the seniors, even though I was in I was in the eighth grade. You know, I was the eighth grade playing with seniors, mm-hmm. uh, and that competitive edge really kind of helped me out to make the traveling team for Gauchos. And you know, I found myself at the eighth grade you know, going to a Las Vegas tournament. What really helped me was that I, I was the younger guys on the team. Um, I wasn't asking too much burn, but every time I would go into the game, I, I was I was excited. You know, I, I played with two seven-footers on my team, so defense was not really much something that I had to worry about because, you know, my guys, they would say to me, listen, if your guy wants to drive, let him drive. We got it. We're going to block this shot. So it was a block party for two seven-footers waiting on things. So the only thing I had to do was run the fast break, and I, as soon as I catch it, just dunk it. Uh, you know, the whole thing just started creating a buzz about, you know, an eighth grader that, you know, was able to jump high, and it was quick, a leaper. Uh, and, and almost seemed like immediately before I went to high school, there was just already 
uh, you know, people just knocking on the door. Uh, as far yeah, there was, as there was a buzz already about Felipe Lopez. Yeah, there was just a little bit of buzz, I guess, for the tournaments that I already played outside of New York in the competition, and, and people just just taking notice of a a younger guy that's that's playing with the seniors, uh, and he's not just playing; he's really holding his own. Um, and uh, that 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 was just pretty much the start of 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 uh, of Felipe, you know, Felipe Mania. Uh, but it was for me, it was fun because uh, it was really fun because every single game was like. A, a new motivation for me to kind of like do something to you know to have people talk about me. Um, I, I took that as a challenge because I knew that I was able to go by players and dunk it. So you know every single every single time I dunked it, it was like my name was growing bigger. And so I always looked there as a motivation, like you know who I'm a dunk it, who I'm a dunking on next, you know, just so they can. You know, and, 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 you know, I was not a very outspoken guy. I really didn't speak much because the language was still a, a, a barrier for me. Uh, so okay. I just ended up just leaving the game, like just doing the talking for me. Now, Felipe, I got, coming out of high you school. You know what? I, yeah. actually, I actually I got tricked going to Rice High School. I know you mentioned that. I got tricked going into Rice High School because it was either San Ravens or Rice yeah. High School. So at the time... Uh, my coach, uh, uh, my coach from Rice High School, Lou Zamalo, uh, he come to uh, Gauchos and he like, oh listen, you know we would love for you to come to Rice High School. I'm from Brazil, which he is from Brazil, and he like, you know, I, I speak Spanish, and I'm like, oh man, great, you know that that would be a great fit for me, you know, he he, he speaks Spanish. But just to let you know that throughout the four years that I was with uh, Coach DeMello at Rice High School, I never heard him speak one word in Spanish. <laughs> that is great. So, uh, wait, so imagine, wait, so Felipe, if you went to St. Raymond's, I, I'm going to get to this later on. What I do is for interviews, I never write down questions, but later on I want to talk to you about if you went to St. Raymond's, you would you would have like the legendary games because your championship game was oh. still one of the most legendary games ever when you played against Kareem Reed. That's yeah, you want, let's get to that real quick. Mm-hmm. I, this is my favorite Felipe Lopez moment, I'm going to tell you. So, obviously, I'm a big, huge Monster fan. And I think, uh, if I'm wrong, correct me. You're playing for the CHSAA title. It was at Fordham. And yeah. it's you versus Kareem Reed at St. Raymond's, right? Yeah. Now, you, you want to know, when I was, like, imagine if that was, if you were born a few years later, because you guys are two McDonald's All-Americans yeah. playing against each other. And you, that would have been on ESPN prime time. You play the game, and listen, I, I want to see if I remember a play. If I'm wrong, I, I'm going to sound like an idiot, but was the point guard, was scientific map or magic um, map? Point guard? No, scientific it was scientific map. map. I'll never yeah. forget, he threw you the alley-oop like, towards, and you slammed it home. The arena went nuts. And I want to tell everyone listening the coolest part when I became, like, your biggest fan. The game's over. You guys beat St. Raymond's. You win that elusive title, the CHSAA New York City title. So Rice is celebrating on one side of the court, and you walked all the way on the other side of the court, and you grabbed Kareem Reed. I'll never forget that moment. And you're hugging him, and you were with him for five minutes as your team celebrating. That just showed the kind of class and person you are. I'll never forget that moment. Do you remember that at all? Not really. Yeah, no, actually, you know, it's funny. I have uh, a picture of that moment, and, uh, you know, I think uh, – all in all, in, in order for anyone just to be a great competitor, you you need you need someone to feed you to feed you that that that, that fire, and you know San Raymond's to me was that fire, uh, mm-hmm. that that and, and that drive, you know, because you know they team and as an individual they they were a very hungry, very competitive group, you know. I played with uh, uh I played with a, a lot of those guys. I played with them at Gauchos, so. Mm-hmm. You know, we were a teammate during the summer and then enemy during the, uh, you know, high school season. And then we all wanted to prove each other uh, because everything was, you know, proving who's better and, and everything else. So for me, you know, those guys at San Raymond's, uh, Kareem, and uh, even the previous year, you know, Terran Rencher, Orlando Antigua, you know, uh, Junior Clark, um, you know, and I'm forgetting a few other names, but those guys, they used to whip us up pretty good. Uh, you know, my first, my freshman year, they they whipped us up. My sophomore year, they used to whip us up. Uh, so you know, when I got my chance to really like turn the favor on them, 
uh, they still feel like they had a the edge on, on us because as a school they had more championships and everything else. But you know that time that really came around, so it was a very sweet time for me to really take revenge of those guys and and, and made it possible to win a, a, a city title and and the city and state that, that same year, which uh, for us was a great time of, of rebuilding. You know the the last time we as a school, right high school, which is a, a school. Uh, I don't know if a lot of the listeners they know it closed like about two yeah, three years that's ago. Shame. Uh, and we created after our championship before we won the championship. The last time as a school we won it was like twenty eight years, twenty year, twenty twenty eight years previous to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know after after ninety four, you know the, the school went into the rampage of just taking over the whole city and creating some of the best you know athletes came out Walker. Uh, you know, some of the best athletes, Kenny Satterfield, coming out of Rice High School. So uh, it was a shame that our school closed. Uh, you know, we, we still have, you know, rivals like LaSalle. We have, you know, some Raymonds that are still really holding and strong for the, for the city basketball. But I can, I can honestly say that I have a lot of people coming over to me and, and speaking to me about those times, that the 94 years, because those games were, you know, college game it was packed it was a packed house it was you know people were staying outside the gymnasium because they wasn't allowed to come in because it was overcrowded you know the, mm-hmm. the, the the police and the fire department had to you know shut down the gyms you know we couldn't play no more out at, at our regular gym because it was too small we had to move it to uh gaucho's gym uh and, and and it was packed everywhere we used to go it was a packed house you know and uh it was a very it was a very exciting time for for New York City basketball because you can live the game you can live the oh the, it was, the, that, that was the, the best city. time growing up that was better than anything right there that that was better than half the college games now I just want to jump to college quickly Bay you yeah. obviously went to St John's now obviously other schools offered you scholarships did any other yeah. schools were there any other schools in contention that you really thought about going to any other schools that you thought I'm going to take my talents to Kentucky, Carolina, Duke. What else, what other schools was in contention besides St. John's? Um, well, I took a I took a trip uh, to I went to Kansas and and the 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 visit there was incredible. It was really I can feel that just the basketball roots just just being you know just being there. Uh, I went to Florida State. Um, I took a, a visit to Seton Hall. I went to UCLA and and that was it was magnificent and. Um, I, you know, I had Bobby Knight come over the house. You know, I have uh, uh, all all the college coaches just came by the house and pay paying visit uh, and interest on on, on myself. Um, I, I really could have gone anywhere. Um, I felt that I had such a great thing going here in New York City, in uh, mm-hmm. St. John's around that time. You know, with uh, Lou Conaseca, uh, who at the time was you know one of the greatest. Uh, college coaches uh, and, 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 and one of the winners uh, colleges in, in the country in St. John's, I felt like, you know what, let me give, you know, continue to give this push uh, in New York. Uh, I have my family around, my community, my Dominican community, which to me had really meant a lot throughout my career. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like just being close to home, it was a safe choice for me to just stay at home. Um, and, you know, to this day, I, I, honestly, I can say that uh, I, I will not make anything different. Uh, my decision was good. Uh, things could have been different in other places, but if could is not on my mindset right now. It was just what happened and, and how much I really was able to enjoy the four years in college and make the best out of it. I could have, for myself as a teen, I wish that I could have provided more uh, for the school, for the team, for my teammates, uh, but you know we went through some really hard times. You know we went through some mm-hmm. some co- some coaches changes. You know when when I first got there, there was a, a brand new coach. Uh, you know two years after that, we 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 went to a, a different coaching system. So you know that consistency really really just really didn't help us to just build up to the team that we should have been. Now, Felipe, I was, you know what? You actually answered the question. I was going to ask you if you regret going to St. John's, but I'm glad you answered that. Now, no, two, a two, no, a two-part question now about St. John's, and I want the listeners uh-huh. to know if there's any younger listeners. You were the, and I know you're going to say you weren't, 
you were the Kobe before Kobe. You were LeBron uh, before LeBron. You you are. You were Garnett before Garnett. I don't know if people understand because now it's just a common thing to have a high school kid on the. You never played a game at St. John's, and you have that iconic, famous picture of you jumping with your finger like the Big East is back. You're on the cover of Sports Illustrated. What mm-hmm. kind of pressure is that? You're a freshman, staying close to home. So I, you're a New York City kid. Is that pressure? Like, what pressure do you feel? I have no clue whatsoever. I have no oh, you clue whatsoever. Well, you know what? They, they, uh, <laughs> they have myself. They have Ray Allen. They have Kerry Kittles. They have, uh, hey, I, I, I think, Allen Iverson was, yeah. you know, was in the cover. And around that time, it was Allen Iverson and myself fighting for the player of the year. You know, yes. Iverson got into, himself into a little bit of trouble, so he wasn't able to play his senior year. A little uh, bit so, of trouble. Felipe, he is somebody with a chair in a bowling alley. That's a lot of trouble he got. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit of trouble. Uh, you know, he I'm was able to recover, but not really well. Yeah, misunderstanding. Uh, okay, so. No, no, yeah, misunderstanding. misunderstanding. So, <laughs> so, but that actually, okay. that actually sparked another fire on, on each other. Because I okay. never played against Iverson in high school, and you know that was a guy that I I would have wished that I could have played him in high school because it was it was a comparison. It was Iverson and myself, you know, my, our senior year. He wasn't able to play. I, I got you know picked to you know win the, the the national play of the year. But previous year, my 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 junior year, I already have the MVP. Uh, every single ABCD basketball can I was the MVP. Nike shootout, I was the MVP. So. You know, I was already coming into my senior year with 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 a great push, with a great win under me. You know, so mm-hmm. you know when when they when they talked about Iverson, I was like, listen, I would have loved to play Iverson. You know, around that time, uh, because that's what you do when you were competitive. You want to play against the best, um, and you know, it never happened into college. So when mm-hmm. we met each other in college, it was like it was now Rice High School against St. Raymond's again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but instead it was St. John's Georgetown. You know, exactly. and, and you know, just to let you know that we have some great battles. We have some great battles. He really, you know, came through trying to, you know, he, he tried to put it on us. I, I try to put it right back on them. As far as like, mm-hmm. you know, you play the game and you try to get the W, but within the game, there's another game that goes on between players. So, you know, he <laughs> he, he 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 would make a really nice play. I had to come back and and respond to that. You know, so it was like a little back and forth battle a lot of the time when we played. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of missed those opportunities. I kind of missed those competitive battles because, you know, when you shine away for those things, like, you know, it's like, okay, what, what what's the reason you go to the gym and work out for? You know, exactly. you work out just so you could, you know, avoid competitions like that. Those are the times that you want to be able to, you know, shine and, and let your confidence and your work ethic, like, really show and, and – you know, to this day, Iverson and I, we respect each other very, very well because mm-hmm. he understood that I was trying to be the best. He, I understood that he was trying to be the best in which he did. Uh, and because just that little bit of fire, it, it, it gives you that edge to just come and just do things a little bit harder, you know? Now, here's my question. We'll get back to the Sports Illustrated thing in a second. I remember after your freshman year, you averaged like 17 or 18 points. And the people, yeah. it still wasn't – Listen, 18 points hey, wasn't as a enough. freshman. Yeah, they were like, that's my thing. Like, it's St. John's. Your team wasn't that great. You're scoring 18 a game. It wasn't enough. How do you how do you cope with that? How do you deal with – like, I remember Felipe Lopez scores 23. St. John's, he's not doing his job. Like, how do you cope with just the weight of all of St. John's, I, all of New York basketball yeah, well, on you? That is a great question because, you know, how much can you do in order to, like, satisfy people? You know, and uh, when you think about, you know, just performance, you know, you really want to think of yourself as an individual by the end, you you play in a team game. Uh, but, you know, you, you can't play a team game if, if you're not everyone is on the same page. You know, I have I came to St. John's already understanding that winning was was my concept. That, that was my uh, B.O. That's that, that's my, my trademark. I, I'm, I'm a winner. You know, I'm coming mm-hmm. here and I am I want to win, you know, regardless of what it needs to be done. Um, you know, as far as, like, everybody just being on the same page, that's just a different thing. You know, but, you know, I, I think came into St. John's with a lot of expectations. I think, uh, you know, there was just some situations that, you know, some people might have felt like, you know, I was just getting too much. 
and I could definitely understand someone being out of school for four years, and next thing you know, your senior year is the year that you're supposed to come in and shine, and next thing you know, you have a freshman just, you know, just just overtaking, you know, your your work for for four years. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was never created by me. I think it was just really created by the hype that was brought around. I, I wish I could have. Uh, being brought into the program a little bit slow, a little bit more under the scope. But I have no control over that, you know. Uh, I know you asked me about Sports Illustrated. I had no clue how huge of an impact that was going to be. Like, I just came out I just came out the boat, you know, five years <laughs> previous to that. So, you know, I could appreciate the Sports Illustrated now because I live here and I know the influence that they have. But back then, I really didn't mm-hmm. think, like, it was a great deal. You know, I wasn't in the cover of all the sports uh, magazine, but the Sports Illustrated, I'm still signing it to this day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm still being, you know, I'm still being asked to do things because of the Sports Illustrated. So was it huge? It was huge, and it put a lot of pressure, not just on myself. It put pressure on the program. It put pressure, it put pressure on the people around me to make sure that, you know, things went well. And when it didn't, no matter what, if I scored 20, 25, 30, it, it was not enough. It was just, mm-hmm. you know, not acceptable, the fact that uh, we we wasn't, you know, getting the job done to the level of uh, uh, of the expectation that it was put uh, put around. You know, and, right, now, you know I, I can we, understand, I can understand people, opinion and, and, and situation. But, like, you know what? I'm sitting right now speaking to you. I'm, I'm comfortable with the stuff that I was able to do because it's been quite some time that I graduated from St. John's. I'm just looking up right now, and I'm looking at this ball that say third all-time scorer in St. John's. Felipe, I'll, I'm telling you, that was – I swear to God, that was my next thing. I love when people say, Felipe, never live up to the height. You're the third highest scorer in St. John's history. Like, how much – Listen, I, I want to, we're going to skip past St. John's because it actually gets me. I'm a huge Felipe Lopez defender. Okay. The 1990. Uh, no, I, I swear, I, I get pissed off when people say, oh, he was a bust. He was the third highest scorer in the history of St. John's. But the Felipe, and how many years have been after that? How many players have graduated from St. John's saying, you know, like, if the game is being played by scoring and, and making things happen, I, I don't know what but, else I should have done in order to convince people that I have the tools. I have. What what would it need it, you know? What's up, you properly? I don't know, but you yeah, know. Wait, but here's the thing: I'm, if anyone ever says bro. that to you, you give my you give my phone number. I'll start rolling off your stats. Listen, uh, the nineteen ninety <laughs> the nineteen ninety eight NBA draft. You get drafted uh-huh. by the Spurs. I, I remember watching yep. this. I think the draft. I think it was in Vancouver. You get drafted, and you're gonna go to the Spurs with Duncan and Robinson and this, and you're immediately traded to the Grizzlies. One, what goes through your mind? And two, describe draft day for me. Like, you're waiting around to get drafted. You're a first-round pick. Like, what goes through your head during the draft and when the trade happens? What happens then? No, but, you know, let, let's just, let me just take you back a little bit before that. Um, okay, you know, cool. just the fact that, you know, a, a lot of people, I was in the bubbles. I was in the bubble. So when they say, oh, he's in a bubble, it, it, it could just be, I could be a first-rounder or I could mm-hmm. just be, you know, a second-rounder. Those things, you know, you just, you, you, you don't know. Um, so, but before the draft, you know, I took four weeks where I went and worked out for 18 different, uh, 18 different NBA teams. Okay. So every single day I was on a roll working out for a different team. Uh, the fun thing about that was that I was meeting up with players from Duke, UCLA, Arizona, all these guys that they have hyped up so much in the college level that I never had the chance to play again. So it was just one-on-one. Now it was like, okay, they had to show me what they're able to do, and I'm going to show them what I'm capable of doing. So to me, it brought back that competitive side of like, okay, like, yeah, you won this, you know, you won the NCAA championship and all that. I respect that. But now you have to play me. Like, you had to, like, convince me that, you know, you are, like, that player that they're talking about. And what people do not understand is that not everyone is the same. Like, not everyone in college can create their own shot. Not, in, not everyone in college can, can a, are able to just 
be the player that they are once they in a one-on-one basic. See, I had mm-hmm. that. I had that one-on-one game, and I had the defense. So it, it was so much of a joy for me to play against those guys because I was showing what people forgot to talk about, you know, to this individual. So now the, the respect how to be like, nah, man, the dude, is, he's a bad brother, man. He can go. You know, and, and a lot of teams, they had to understand that because I was going there with a chip on my shoulder because when they say that I'm, a, I'm in a bubble, I'm fine with that. I'm like, cool. Like, I have a, I have a point to prove. So I went there extra hungry. When, you, when, you, when you're talking about guys that they felt like pretty short about being in, in the first round, the top 15, they go with a different argument. They go with a different attitude. But when you have uh-huh. somebody that they say that you're in a bubble and this guy is a bad brother that he can play, I, I'm going for your neck. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to destroy. You know, so that kind of went through, and, you know, I got picked in the number 24, you know, with uh, San Antonio, uh, and, and it was a situation where really it was the Vancouver Grizzlies that wanted me, but because they didn't have a draft pick to get me, they worked the deal with San Antonio where they picked me, and then, you know, they worked that deal. So that was the, the reason why I got traded uh, the, the same day of draft. So I'm at home with my family, and I have a newspaper guide, and, news, you know, they all covering the thing, so I wanted to be at home with my family. So, you know, with the number 24, David Stern, the San Antonio Spurs select Felipe Lopez. I was like, oh, man, the excitement, that dream coming true, it's like th- that is the mm-hmm. sweetest sound that you can ever hear. So, I, for some reason, I had a San Antonio Spurs uh, jersey at the house, so right away I put the – I put the jersey on and everybody's excited and everything. I was like, "Dad, man, yeah, San Antonio and everything." I'm like, "I'm playing with Team Duncan and man, this is gonna be great. This is gonna be fantastic." You know, Popovich, you know, great coach. You know, be able to come in there and you know just be right. And you know, 30 minutes go by and you know he gets the David Stern get on the microphone again and he's like, "And uh, San Antonio Spurs uh, decided to trade." For, I'm like. I took that jersey, took it off, and I lived on the fourth floor, and I threw that thing out the window, <laughs> right, into, right into the street. <laughs> I was like, I hate San Antonio, man. And Felipe, you definitely didn't have a Vancouver Grizzlies jersey laying around. I know no, that, right? I did not. No, I did not. Have one. <laughs> right. No, I did hey, not. Let me ask you something, Felipe. Do you ever think about this? Um, a few years, like, you know, in the early 2000s, all the rage in the NBA was high school kids getting drafted. Do you ever think if you were born like four or five years later, you would have skipped college and went right to the NBA? No, you know what? Right? Let me let, let me just I, I know I kind of just say something about it before and uh, yeah, and I I'm glad you. because no, because I actually I play against KG uh, not against, but we play in the same tournament. It said that we okay. as a team we didn't play against each other, and okay. you know it was funny because. Uh, KG around that time he was in a, he was playing at school in South Carolina. We we got into a conversation where he wanted to move to New York. So I'm like, listen, that would be great. You can come over, play at Gauchos, you know AAU, and you can come and play, you know, Rice High School with us. And that was a conversation that was like, man, oh, if that would have happened, imagine that team. <laughs> that was, was crazy. Obviously, you know, he went and, and, and did other things. But when when I was coming out of high school, like. It, it, it truly was uh, a fact that there was NBA team interest uh, on my services. They wanted me oh, to wow, wow. Uh, skip uh, high school and, and, and go straight into the draft. And one of those teams was the team that picked Iverson. <laughs> so, you know, the Philadelphia 76 really had interest in uh, myself was skipping, you know, college and just going straight into, uh, straight into the NBA. Uh, but aside from that, we had a we had a team from Spain. They came down to to uh, here in New York, and the owner of the team uh, sat down with our family, and they were like, "Listen, uh, we're just gonna give the family. Uh, I believe it was like half a million dollars for Felipe Oof. to just come and sign a contract uh, and play for our team in Spain. You know, so it was like you know, just, just like." decisions, decisions, decisions all over the place, money, you know, all over the place. And, uh, you know, I'm really glad that the family, like, stood together no matter what uh, with all these offers uh, to allow me to grow. Um, I think that, you know, my, my situation of going to college for four years, it really has developed me to to be not just a player but the person that I am right now because the education piece that I gained by going to St. John's have really helped me 
to put me at, at the position that I am right now. Like, mm-hmm. if I would have made my decision uh, to skip college, I probably, you know, had a pretty good financial life and everything else like that. But, you know, the the, the point of, of being educated, it really, it really fulfilled what you're supposed to do with your basketball. If you're a basketball mm-hmm. player and once you're done from basketball, you don't know what to do after that and you don't fulfill, you know, the other part of you, that should be able to be fulfilled, then, you know, you just, you was used the whole time. You know, now it's a, it's a time in my life where I'm able to use everything that I was able to do in basketball, you know, use basketball as a vehicle to be an NBA kids ambassador for the past five years. You know, to you know, you know what, let's go there now. You know what, the million-dollar question on everyone's mind, then we'll get back to the NBA. When I told people I was interviewing Felipe Lopez, the same question is, what, what is Felipe Lopez up to now? I know what you do as the yeah. ambassador. So just explain to the listeners what does Felipe what is Felipe Lopez up to right now? Um, I have you know coming from Dominican Republic and, and and knowing how much you know helping hand because a lot of people helped me to 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 get to the level that I was able to get. Um, and uh, and earlier this morning I, I just did an uh, interview for a documentary that's coming out about Tom. Konchalski, one of the biggest, the biggest basketball group for New York City basketball. And, uh, you know, one of the things that that really struck me is the fact that, you know, we don't have enough mentors to help this new generation of players to guide them mm-hmm. on the right path. You know, you have a lot of coaches and a lot of coaches that really want the best for the kids and they want them to make it to the NBA. But what happens to those kids when, once they do not make it? You know, yeah. what, what really happened to them? So, you know, my whole idea is like, okay, let's build these basketball guys, but let's just build them alongside this educational piece that it will allow them, even if they don't make it to the NBA, which is one in a million chance, mm-hmm. be still a professional. You know, be someone that will be able to live off his basketball career. How do you live off your basketball career? You play ball, you work hard, you get a scholarship. Now with that scholarship, you make yourself a, a, a professional, you know, to where if once you are done with your basketball, you are able to come back, get a nice gig, get a nice job through, you know, your own educational piece, and then you'll be able to still be able to come back to your neighborhood and help other guys become professionals. You know, I felt that I have become a professional, not just – from, from from the basketball scene, but now I'm a professional from the business part of it. How? By structuring myself, putting myself out in, in the right platform, allowing people to see me not just from the basketball player that I was, but now the individual that I am that I, I was able to take advantage of the basketball thing. And, you know, the, the NBA kids ambassador, ambassador how allowed me to continue to express myself, uh, help kids to understand that, you know, basketball is a great thing. Uh, when it's not hand in hand, you, you you're not able to really take fully advantage of your basketball, and that's why a lot of kids are really missing. You 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 see that you you see the the examples of great basketball kids coming from public school or other places, but they're not able to go to the top schools because they don't have the grades. Yes, of course. So how how is basketball helping you? You know how how you know, is I agree with you 100. percent you know, so that is one of the keys that we have to understand. And it happened a lot within a lot of inner-city kids because a lot of guys are really just pushing them out there just to play basketball but not really helping them and holding them back and be like, listen, you have to, you know, you have to just be able to do the right thing by taking care of your schoolwork so you'll be able to fully take advantage of your basketball talent. Um, the NBA has allowed me to do that. My foundation, I have a foundation that, are running out of the South Bronx, which is one of the most needed uh, places in the whole New York City because of the poverty, uh, single homes, you know, gang-related, uh, high school dropouts is over 50%. Um, and I just want to make sure that I, that I give these kids, like, an opportunity to see beyond what they're able to see on an everyday kind of basis. That's just awesome to hear. Now, I want to get to the NBA. But you know what, before I do that, I ask a few quick questions. So, Felipe, just right now, you and I are hanging out. If I take mm-hmm. your phone, who, who is the coolest person, besides me, who is the coolest person in your phone right now if I take Felipe Lopez's phone? <laughs> who is the coolest person right now? Yeah, if you, you want to impress me, you'd be like, you know what, 
you, Mike, you're like, Mike, look who I got on my phone. Who do you impress me? You take out your phone. Whose phone number do you have that you can just text right now and just who's the coolest cat in your phone? My son and my daughter. Okay. Be, be, everyone always says that. Be, 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 how about a recognizable name? Someone that all the listeners and I would know. The most name recognition uh, person in your phone. On my phone. Man, that's a good question. If I had to think about it, I mean, I don't have no cool, pe- cool people on my phone. I have a few <laughs> NBA cats. I mean, I have, I have a few NBA cats. I, you know, have like, KD no, who, in my phone. Who's phone number do you have in the NBA? Like, you know, like Kevin Garnett. Uh, I don't have directly Carmelo, Wait, but, you know. the greatest. How can you beat Garnett? You know, you, know what, you know who beat Garnett? You know Derek Anderson? He played for Kentucky and the Spurs. Uh-huh. I interviewed him, and he had he had Michael Jordan's number on, so I, that kind of beats Garnett. And I'm a Knicks fan, so it does definitely. Yeah, but you have Garnett. to check. You have you have to check that when he said he had Michael Jordan's number, like he has his number, or he has, you know, the the 17th number that had to go through 18 other people <laughs> to get to Michael Jordan. It's his agent phone. Yeah, do you have his agent? Because you know, I, I got his agent's phone number. You know, like that's that's. <laughs> That's a no-brainer right there. <laughs> All right, so I'm then, sorry. I quick, shouldn't be saying that. No, just stop it. That's great. Listen to me. Okay, listen. So my best friend, his name is Dave Molina. He just texted me. He wanted me to ask you this. And I want to get to the Dave. NBA. He said, ask Felipe, an NBA player, take him to the day-by-day life of Felipe Lopez. Like, if you have a game on Monday and then Thursday, what occupies your time Tuesday? Like, what do you do in the NBA? What's your day like in the NBA? <laughs> Wow, that is a that's, great that's question, Dave, man. That, yeah, that's from Dave, Dave Molina of Nassau, New York. No, Dave. Un saludo, mi gente. Uh, Dave, I think that's a great question because, you know, one of the things that as NBA guys, that you've you got to be able to have time management because you have so much time in your hands between, like, practice or shoot around um, that you want to be able to manage that, like, you know, kind of the right kind of way. Um, you know, uh, I will say – it's, it's a game day for, say, we usually have shoot-around between 10 to 11. Uh, so then after 10 to 11, you have a long break to the game time. Um, what I would usually would do, I will, you know, either, like, stay around a little bit after practice and get some extra shots. Um, then I would just go back to the hotel or back home, just, just relax a little bit, a great meal, good meal, like steak or potatoes, four hours before the game. Uh, I, I was a guy that usually I would like to get uh, early to the, to the stadium or to the arena. So I would just mm-hmm. go to the arena a little bit earlier just to make sure that I get some shots. I would just go with some notes, uh, watch some videotapes of the other team or whoever the, the, the player that I was playing against. Um, you know, I, usually my assignment was to play the best player on the other team. You know, so my, my whole focus was to – really locked down into what this guy wasn't able to do well, you know. So I needed to find out what are the, the, the weaknesses, what are some of the, the stronger points that this guy was able to do. So, you know, I had to study this guy really, really well. So for me, I had to take a little bit more time uh, to, to, to study the older players. Uh, I think offensively, I, I wasn't worried about myself, you know, my first year. Uh, um, when I played with uh, the Timberwolves, you know, I have KG, mm-hmm. I had Chauncey Billups, I had uh, Terrell Brandon. Uh, I had some great, you know, Wally Serviet, you know. So, you know, initially I was not considered, like, you know, a first or second or even a third option. You know, I was considered, like, the fourth or fifth option a lot mm-hmm. of time. But after time, it started building up. I started building up more confidence and, and getting more into the system where I was able to be a little bit more offensively minded than before. But... You know, for myself, it just more it was just more preparing into like playing the defense and, and, and getting my assignment kind of right and uh, and getting enough rest and, and shoot uh, before games. Now, Felipe, do you watch college basketball right now? Are you a big college basketball fan or not really? Uh, I I I do not. I, I think I should get more into it, uh, but 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 not really. I I, I watched St. John's, some Big East game, things like that. You know, uh, but, but I really have not really just getting myself into the whole college scene. Okay, now, let me ask you now, and I, I know you're probably going to say St. John's. If you're the number one recruit right now, where would you go right now? Would you still go to St. John's? Kentucky. Or... Kentucky. Felipe, listen to me right now. I'm going to tell you why you just elevated, and if you hear the excitement in my voice, I'm the biggest Kentucky fan, and I mean this. 
Kentucky. In the history, when I mean I travel with Kentucky, I'm obsessed with Cal Perry, Derek Anderson, Cameron Mills, Kid Gilchrist. I'm the biggest Kentucky fan of all time. You just made the interview. That's a mate. Why? The one and done, correct? Uh, because of the way, you know, like, I would not just say just the one and done. He, like, I was with, uh, I was able to have the opportunity to be uh, an assistant coach with the Dominican national team a couple of years back when they played in the Pre-Olympics. And okay. uh, John Calipari was the was the, the, the head coach of the national team. Uh, I just think, like, the way he just prepared, like, John is a 24 hours, well, 23 hours basketball guy. You know, he he does spend every single day going to church, which that that really was was really impressive. You know, seeing this guy how hard he worked, and you know, at least he was able to every morning go to his church. He always find a church, uh, but his preparation, how he's able to prepare these guys just to play the game and to understand the business of it. You know, like basketball have changed so much where now you got to be able to see yourself as a business and. Uh, you know he's he, he's able to give these these guys the opportunity to be who they are, but also prepare them for the business of basketball. You know, unfortunately, it is like that. I, I wish that mm-hmm. I would have the understanding uh, of that. You know, at an early age, but uh, there's no lying on him. You know, a lot of coaches gonna tell you something, and 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 at the end of the day, they want you to stay the three, the four, the, the four years in college, and you know the schools are gonna make. X amount of money off you, and a lot of times, do they really help you to to you know to get where you eventually need to get? That that's a question. He does. I think he does. You, he you, you want to know a great Cal Paris, a great Cal Paris story. Uh, John Wall's a freshman. He he uh, he goes to Cal Paris with his mom, and he says, "Coach, should I stay another?" This is a true story. He goes, "Coach, should I stay another year?" And Cal Paris told him to his face, "If you want to make me rich, you stay. If you want to go support your family, you go to the NBA." Not many coaches, yeah. Felipe, not many coaches would be honest with that. Listen, I'm going to keep on the phone for another two more, a couple more minutes. I just have a couple quick questions for you. Yep. You're in the NBA. What is your welcome to the NBA moment? Like, whether anything good or bad, what's your moment when you're like, holy crap, I'm in the NBA, and when did it hit you? Like, what's your welcome to the NBA moment? Uh, well, my first time, my first game, I remember, uh, I, I was just walking on cloud nine, man. I, really, I, I was just walking, but I think I was just more like in the air. Like just just on cloud, I was just like floating in the air. Like I remember scoring my first two point, and it was just the the most amazing two two pointer that I ever had on, on my career. You know, I think I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I, I scored and I was celebrating for for like two minutes, not realizing that I'm still in the game. I had to go back and play defense. But my my moment, my two moments of basketball was the first one was I'm playing against uh, Atlanta. And I'm playing against okay. uh, Steve Smith. I'm gonna give you three. <laughs> and one no, of that's great. I want to hear all of them. I love this. This is my favorite. So interview. I'm playing against Atlanta and Steve Smith. And every time I see Stevie, you know, while he's doing the commentary to me, I always got to tell him. But Steve Smith, you know, he he's coming in one of his greatest, you know, season and where he was an All Star and everything. So I was one of the young guy, and I'm I got. You know, I, I did my I did my job. I study him, and I have you know all his notes. But he's I'm gonna push him. I'm gonna push him left, and all this other stuff. So he come down. And he's like, Felipe, listen, I'm gonna get the board on the block right here, and I'm gonna turn to my right, and I'm gonna score on you. I'm like, shit, whatever, dude. <laughs> like he thinks it's gonna be so easy. So he come, boom, they get him the ball. He turned to his right, boom, he score. I'm like, oh, shit, okay. whatever, okay, cool. So then this play down. He's like, listen, I'm gonna catch the ball on the same block, and now. I'm going to turn to my left, and I'm going to score on you. <laughs> like, shit, he think it's really easy now, right? So he catches the ball, he turns to his left, and he scores. So, you know, just to make this story a little bit short, he scored eight points, straight points on me. <laughs> By the first time, I had it. Before he even catches the ball, I'm already, I'm already grabbing him by his neck. You know, I'm like, there ain't no way he's going to, like, you know, just, you know, just, just score me like that. So, you know, just uh, I think I might have fouled out that game. <laughs> so, okay, what are your what are your other two? That's a great one. What are your other J- two? Jr. 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 Henderson. Jr. Smith. Jr. 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 So I'm playing. I'm playing Jr. Yeah, Jr. And the guy was a machine in scoring. He like there was no way no one could like stop this guy, man. Okay. But defensively. Defensively, he was like, 
he, we, we was cool. We was guy. Like, we was really nice. So he would just, like, tell me, like, listen, Felipe, when you catch the ball, just drive past me because I ain't even going to play me. I might have scored, like, about 18 points in that game because, you know, every time he would catch the ball, he would just tell me, like, just go left, go right, like, just go. Like, just go. What you waiting on? Just go. And I was like, man, this is, like, the coolest guy that, you know, if I really want to bump up my scoring average, I, I, I wish I could have played Portland, you know, a couple of more times. And, uh, you know, that was a really crazy story because it was, to me, that was like, man, Jason awesome. is the coolest guy. And the last okay, one was playing against yeah. NJ. I was playing against NJ, Michael Jordan, when he first, uh, when he came back and he was playing for uh, the Washington Wizards. So I played for the Washington Wizards, and unfortunately I had a little situation uh, with the Wizards. And, you know, after the situation, I, I got I got, I got, got cut in a way. Mm-hmm, and, yeah. and then they wanted to pick me back up. They wanted to they, – they released me for money reason, and then, you know, you have to wait like 48 hours, 24 hours, and then anything can pick you up. So they released me, and then they wanted to pick me back up. I'm like, hey, no, like, shit, you guys just released me, and you guys want to pick me back up? Like, what kind of shit that is? So I ended up playing for the Timberwolves. So mm-hmm. he came back, and he started playing for the Wizards. And, you know, I'm like, you know, NJ was the president of the team around that time. So I'm like, you know, I know he had to do something with me getting cut from the Wizards. So, you know, I'm playing him, and, you know, he goes and makes this move, and I foul NJ, like, super hard, like, really hard. <laughs> so he just he just turned around, and he looked at me, and he like, what what the what he, what the F, Felipe? Was, who told me that? And, you know, I, like, I kind of did it as avenging. Like, you know, mm-hmm. but then, you know, it's, it's NJ, man. I, I, all, all I could say to him was, like, I'm sorry, NJ, man. My, my, yeah, my fault, man. Sorry, I'm sorry, sir. I, I, my, my, my fault, man. I apologize. My emotions just got the best of me, man. That, that's why I had it, you know, just to... <laughs> But I thought that was fantastic, man. I thought that was, yeah. I thought that was fantastic. Those are three great ones. All right, I was going to finish up now. Do you, do you keep any memorabilia? Have you kept any memorabilia through your career? No, you know what? I, I was just in Dominican Republic, and usually my father will like just any jersey or anything. He that was his jersey, so he would just pick it up. So then my father, wait, wait, you know, wait, wait. has talking about talking about the DR. How heavy is, are you in the DR? How heavy is your name? Like, are you a god there in the DR? Yeah, I'm. I'm more like yeah, like people respect me there. I think I'm, wait, I'm more grounded. Have, I'm more grounded than yeah. Uh, okay, well, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm well-grounded here in New York. <laughs> uh, hey, do, you, do, you, do you recognize a lot on the streets? Here? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Now, yeah. I'm especially now that we're doing yeah. a lot more, especially now that we're doing more events, I'm doing like, so much more events with the New York Knicks. You know, we're really trying to explore within the, the Spanish market and, 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 and just the youth in general. And also, you know, uh, the NBA, NBA kids, we are really out there into the schools, into the playgrounds and everything else. So, you know, it's really, um, it's really being upfront with people. They are able to relive moment, relive my career and really help me out to like continue to push the message. But going back to my father, so I'm in the DR and, you know, I'm in my town, I'm in Santiago. And if okay. you know, I just bumped into this guy with, with the uh, Vancouver Grizzlies, number 13, original jersey. I'm like, yo, like, what's going on? Like, that, that's, that's my, yo, that's my, that's my joy. Like, what's going on? So he explained to me that he was with my pops, and they got to drinking, and he's one of his boys, so, you know, he asked him for one of my jerseys. My father just gave him the jersey. I'm like, come on, really? Yeah, they just gave it to him. Like, yeah, yeah, man, don't worry about it. I got more at the house. Oh, that is sweet, and that is awesome. I just want to finish up with two more things. You mentioned the Knicks. What can the Knicks, I'm a Knicks fan, grew up in New York City, what can the Knicks do to somehow be relevant in the next couple of years? I'm excited, man. I'm excited with Phil being in here because it's, it's all about a mindset. Man, when you bring mm-hmm. a mindset into a into a, a team concert, it really changed even the outcomes. A lot of times, like last year, we lost a lot of games that was down the drain. When you have someone like Phil that is really, going to be able to change the mindset of some guys, things are going to be able to be done a little bit different you know, the confidence of the guy is going to be able to build up to where now games that we lost by two, we're going to be able to win by three just for the fact so. that the expectations become different. You know, I think guys really going to buy into the system. Uh, it's a system that they all know the work for different guys. And mm-hmm. if you really allow yourself to 
to to buy into the system is is really going to be able to flourish. You're, you might have to sacrifice a few things, but at the end of the day, the sacrifice is going to be for the greater good of the team. And uh, you know, you can count on 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 Kobe, you can count on NJ and all those guys, but those guys themselves, they sacrifice some part of their gains to be successful for a team concept. You know, once fail was not part of their structure, they, you know, Kobe was able to score, you know, 60, you know, 70 points or whatever. NJ was able to score 40 and all these, you know. So, it, it, but it was just a fact that they played within the, a concept that allowed them to just be successful, but allowed them to mm-hmm. be successful at the right kind of time. And, and that's that's really key with, when it comes down to the NBA that, I really feel that that is a great key. Uh, I think they're still going to try to move some pieces around. Uh, uh, I know they picked up a few other guys, and, uh, uh, you know, I'll be really excited, honestly. Honestly, I'll be very excited for Stack. Uh, I know a lot of people have talked about him. Uh I felt that, you know, coming up last year, at the end of the year, he he looked like like his old self. And mm-hmm. he knows that he needs to be able to come through this year and pull one of those monster year, uh, which uh, if if he stay healthy and he stay around the team, he's really gonna help us a lot. Sweet, I hope so. And I'm gonna finish up with this. Right now, one player. Who's your favorite player in the NBA to watch right now? Uh, still, to me, like always, Kobe have been my favorite. <laughs> Kobe have been hey. my favorite all times. Uh, but uh, okay, that, that's right now, right now, KD, KD, and uh, really uh, Stephen Curry really have guys that really impressed me with the game. Yeah, he can shoot the lights out. Now, I'm gonna, I want to know right now, we're going to finish up with this. Your coolest moment, not your kids being boys, your coolest basketball moment, was it beating Kareem Reed and winning the city title? Was it playing ball with Obama? You played basketball with Obama. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw that. Wait, I told you, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of an obsessed fan. You play basketball with Obama. You win this city title. You make it to the NBA. What is your? You have to pick one. Your favorite moment or your coolest moment, basketball-wise, in your life. Wow, that is super cool. Uh, yeah. I, I think a lot of it had to do with uh, where I came from. I think one of the coolest moments for me was able to win the the Dominican national team. Uh, Jersey, oh, wow. okay. and um, actually playing with my idol, the person that I grew up idolizing. His name is Benicio Munoz, uh, okay. like a guy that I played for over 25 years in Dominican Republic. And, you know, he, he, he came down to my town, and he, and he used to reinforce our team. Uh, he, he was a very huge inspiration for me. And uh, to this day, you know, a lot of people talk about NJ. To me, Benicio Munoz was the guy that I, I wanted to kind of become. And I had the opportunity to, at the age of 18, to play with him and the national team. And uh, I remember one time uh, playing uh, for the gold medal, and I made a, a move, boom, boom. I shook somebody up, draw to the basket. I, I passed it to him in the corner. He shot it. But before he shot the ball, I already was giving people high fives and all this <laughs> other stuff because I knew that that guy was, was key. I knew he was money. I knew that. And to me, like, that just one single pass to, like, my idol was, was like, one of the most incredible, like, uh, moments that I have on my basketball career. Now, Felipe, we're going to finish up. I actually scheduled the show for one hour, and I didn't. I had no idea you were going to give me one hour of your time. So I truly want to thank you. So we have 60 seconds left. Two quick questions. One, why are you not following me on Twitter? That's number one, Felipe. We're going to let that go. So when we hang up, I know you're going to start following me on Twitter. I'm bad on Twitter, man. Like, I'm bad with the technology. No, like, Felipe, I, I wish I could be you better. Go on t- <laughs> Listen, you emailed me. You get back on Twitter. You follow at Mike Sappho, S-A-F-O. I just tweeted this interview. And the last thing, Felipe, we have 30 seconds left, and I really, truly mean this. Growing up, you were my favorite basketball player. You my idol playing basketball. To have interviewed you for the last hour was one of the best moments, I mean it, in my little podcast life. And I do have your jersey. So when we hang up, I want to text you. I want to mail you your jersey. Would you sign your jersey and send it down to me? Of course, man. I'll send you a couple of other things that I have here, man. I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate you being a basketball head and giving people, you know, the best of information that you could get. I think uh, they, they – 
how genuine you are. You are they really going to drive the message to a lot of people that understand basketball. And, and honestly, I appreciate you 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 reaching out to me and, and, and having this opportunity to meet you and and for you to express the things that you expressed to me. And uh, I'm glad that I was some way somehow an inspirational to you. And because that rolled over to the next generations of somebody else that you're going to be able to inspire through your own channel, through your own radio blog, and, uh, and and that's what we're here for. We are here to serve each other, to make this world a better place, and, and what you're doing right now is really creating and having your creativity for all the people.